Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to Trending News surrounding everything from California. People are already fleeing the state of California. I returned last year, and I know some people say, why? Because it's my home state. It's where my family is. It's where I've been born and raised, and we have a fight ahead of us. You may have heard the news over the summer. There has been a push to bring about legislation that actually passed this past week and has gone to the governor's desk to be signed by Governor Newsom, uh, the AB 957, that's Assembly Bill 957, that basically makes it so that a parent has to affirm his or her child if the child is in any respect struggling with their sexual identity if they want to be affirmed as something other than male or female that isn't in line with their biological reality parent must affirm this otherwise if there's a custody battle you will be considered unfit to parent and you will lose custody of your child this is frightening it starts on the first level with this idea of compelled speech and compelled thought uh, we're talking about custody cases well what about if you don't end up in a custody case what if child protective services is reported on you I mean, there's a serious concern with regard to what's happening in california but there's also good news and why do we talk about california some people have commented you seem to glorify your state it's a wonderful place it's a beautiful place but they're really really bad laws and people who are doing very bad things in this state and we have to fight to protect children to protect individuals and what california does historically we have known the rest of the nation has done everything from no-fault divorce to abortion to contraception it starts in california and sweeps across the nation so beware pay attention because it's not just california also doja cat has a newer song about demons and the music video is startling many people and here's what's interesting people are finding jesus christ yet again it's reminding them of their christian roots or for people who don't have faith they want someone specifically god to protect them in the face of watching this video i'll talk to you a little bit about it it's making quite the sensational response on social media joining me today to talk about what's happening on the gender front especially with good news in california school districts are saying hey no parents need to know what's happening with their kids if they're struggling with their sexual identity and denmark joins a list of countries that have increased their decision along with other countries that they will no longer do cross-sex hormones or gender cross-sex surgeries for children. Uh, this is fantastic news. Joining me today to discuss on trending from person and identity is Dr. Teresa Farnan. She's an author and moral philosopher. You can find her work at personandidentity.com. It's on the front cutting edge of a Catholic response to what's happening with this 
sudden overtaking of gender theory in our nation today in this crisis of identity with children. Dr. Teresa Farnan, welcome back to Trending. Hi, Timory. I'm sorry with you again today. Thank you for highlighting this really important issue. Let's talk about what's happening first, the concerning news before the good news, and that is California parents beware. Talk to me about what's happening here in our state. Yeah. Um, so California, I, I just want to add as a little bit of context, um, you know, in addition to California being a beautiful state, we know that California is one of the largest um is the state with one of the largest numbers of school districts in it. And so what happens in California, especially with respect to our young kids, does not stay in California. So, for example, um, if you think back to math standards, textbooks and, you know, throughout the last 10, 20 years have continually been adapting to the California math standards. So whatever crazy education notion comes out of California is going to percolate into the rest of the country through textbook materials, through teacher trainings, simply because these industries pivot to serve this large, huge chunk of students. You combine that with the fact that we're at what California does, Illinois and New Jersey are not far behind in doing. And we've already seen, um, certainly with respect to some of the moves with respect to gender ideology, Minnesota, New Mexico, Colorado, Illinois, and Maryland have all are all states that have followed California's lead. So just to set the stage in 2022, California Governor Newsom signed a bill declaring that California was a sanctuary state for any families who um, were fleeing states that were putting reasonable and prudential limits on experimental um, surgeries and uses of medication for children who were struggling with confusion about their sexual identity. And so Governor Newsom signed that sanctuary state legislation. That's what the other states followed. But that wasn't enough for Governor Newsom, and in particular for one of the uh, members of the California Congress, um, a gentleman named Scott Weiner and a woman um, who's a congresswoman, I think her name is Wilson. Um, and they, they then decided to change existing state law so that when a court, when a family is involved in a custody battle, the judge is required to look at what is in the best interests of the child. And what they did was they added affirmation of gender identity as something that by California law now is deemed to be in the best interests of the child and is a factor that state that the, the courts must take into account mm -hmm. when they're trying to decide whether or not um, someone is a fit parent. Mm -hmm. And so as, by way of background, if you remember the James Younger case in Texas, he was a little boy. He, his mother was a physician, a pediatrician, um, and he uh, split time between his mother and his father. Right. And uh, the mother was trans intent on on declaring that James was a girl, but when he was over at his father's house, he dressed and acted like a boy. And so there was really clearly some just manipulation and turmoil going on in that house. Well, you know, she's she she left the state of Texas and a, a judge let her do that, right? So she, you know, a, a parent in that situation now can move to California and in the process of her, um, her leaving 
that area of Texas, the court said, well, she still has to listen to what we're doing. And now what Governor Newsom has done is he's he by law is now saying, well, no, we don't have to honor anything else because if we're involved in any kind of adjudication of this custody battle, we are going to decide mm -hmm. that the parent who is not affirming is by definition abusive. So this right. is a breathtaking, horrible overreach by the state to reach in and to interfere. A lot of times these custody battles are just so contentious anyway. And now it puts these parents, this is, this is, this is honestly, um, you know, so draconian it belongs in Canada because we already saw yes. two years ago that a, a, a father was imprisoned mm -hmm. for misgendering yes. his child in Canada. And I Canada. think he still is. Well, to my knowledge, yeah, last I, knew. you know, I think the last thing I read was that he had won a ruling in court sort of saying like, no, actually, that wasn't abusive behavior. But who knows? Because Canada is so far gone, you know, as, yes. as it works its way up the ladder, it's going to continue to go. There's always more litigation. The other side on this issue is not going to let it go. And that's right. what people need to realize. States like California, ideologues, these ideologues who are so intent on influencing and winning over our children to this, to this ideology that is at its core atheistic and anti-Christian, not to mention anti-Catholic, um, anti-Muslim, anti-Jewish. I mean, this flies in the face of every monotheistic mm -hmm. religion, and they will not rest until they have our children because they believe the children belong to the state, not to yes. the parents. Right. And this is frightening. Dr. Farnan is here with me from Person Identity, a Catholic approach on the cutting edge to the gender crisis in our nation. And we're talking about the California bill that passed and is headed to the governor's desk, expected to be signed any moment, essentially allowing for the courts to take a child away from you as a parent if you do not affirm their gender identity, their confusion that's known truly as a mental crisis, uh, gender dysphoria. This is frightening, Dr. Farnan, because it's it goes against our faith, but it also goes against what our founding documents in this nation believe. It's compelled speech. It's compelled thought. It is a lie that behavior is abusive that is not abusive. And that's what's so frightening. It's not just saying you have to affirm your child. It's saying you are an abuser if you do not affirm your child as something that they are not biologically. I mean, every single cell of the human body has sex differences written into it, yet a parent is considered a liar and an abusive individual if they do not say something that goes against biology, physiology, kinesthetics. It's absolutely astounding that we are facing this in California and potentially across the nation. You mentioned something really important, that if people think maybe they want to write it off, this is just California, that California has the largest number of school districts and that laws and policies that start in California are tailored by large institutions, teachers unions across the nation to be implemented in school districts across the nation. Right. The federal government right now just really putting its thumb on the scale and trying to trying to weigh in to influence this this issue, declaring that states that that are putting these these <laughs> sensible restrictions. I, I, I'm I'm also very at, at times I think about it and I'm I'm just so stunned that we so quickly kind of forgot who the human person is. But, you know, just to just to 
the the big buzzword is to affirm a child's gender identity. But if you go to the documents of a group like Human Rights Campaign or Gender Spectrum or GLSEN, and you look up the definition of gender identity, you know what it comes down to? It's a child's self-perception. And any good parent knows that children throughout the years oftentimes have a self-perception that either is inordinately influenced by other people, inordinately influenced by events. They may be struggling with anxiety about fitting in. They're all child to have a self-perception at odds with reality. So we're not talking about any kind of medically diagnosable condition. This is a situation where these children, these children have a warped understanding of who they are through no fault of their own. They're being fed a line of like absolute delusionary talk about having this mythical, magical gender identity if you don't conform to stereotypes. And because we locked them down for three years and because we've ripped away social supports, they're very vulnerable to it. So parents need to understand what the state is doing is they're stepping in and saying, you parents, you can no longer be the judge of when your child has a faulty understanding of who he or she is. And that is so radical and, and, and just stunning and, and awful in so many ways. What frightens me is that you and I spoke a few weeks back about how this whole gender ideology is socialism truly being implemented here in the United States? And at the core of socialism is the separation between child and parent, that the government becomes the overseer of the child. And we're seeing this in many ways. We could even tie this into third-party reproductive technologies. It goes very deep. But I think that parents, this isn't a warning. This is reality now that there is an intentional effort to separate a child from his or her parents. And what's frightening is I hear from faith-filled parents across the nation, especially during the lockdowns of COVID and in the aftermath of the impact of those lockdowns, how parents with families, with children who never had any gender confusion, all of a sudden out of nowhere, suddenly said they're bi, now saying they're transgender. And these parents don't know what to do. They need resources. They need help. They're everywhere from the state of California to Florida, you name it. And it's in large part due to social media influence, isolation. We know that the gender ideology being pushed by the LGBTQ movement has used tactics to isolate children so that they turn to this gender theory. Talk to me about resources for parents uh, to protect their children and help aid them as they're being overly influenced by social media today. Yeah, we've got we have some fantastic resources at Person and Identity. And that was the whole point of setting up the website. We don't get any money. We don't we're not monetized when you go on and you you, you know, start going through our website. We we don't make money off of this website. This was a website that was set up with a grant from our Sunday visitor because people in the church, especially, you know, the bishops the, you know, people who were, were active in Catholic media, people who were working, you know, with various Catholic groups, 
all recognized we have a crisis on our hand because this is a radical undermining of how you understand yourself as a person. And at the end of the day, it's going to damage our children, destroy our families, and hurt our ability to catechize our young. So if you go to our website, personandidentity.com, we have all, we have some fantastic resources on, you know, go to the parents tab and you can start going through that. We have books we recommend. There are some fantastic, you know, organizations out there, the Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine, if you're someone who likes to go through studies, do no harm. Again, these are secular organizations, but there is information out there so you can marshal your facts. And so you can be one of those empowered empowered parents. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing parents beginning to push back. And I'll tell you what, what's amazing is that this coalition of parents that is building is a coalition. It's not just, a, this is not a Catholic thing. This is not just a Christian thing. We're seeing coalitions of Muslim parents, of Orthodox Jewish yeah. parents, of people, women who are radical feminists, who recognize that this is harmful to women, coming together to fight this. Because this is, in the words of, there's an evolution evolutionary biologist out there who's who's written some great, great stuff on this. And he refers to this as reality's last stand. Because if you can't understand that you are either male or female, you have lost touch with reality. And so that is why this is important. This is this is not a drill. We're we're in it now. But the good news is we can see now, especially with some of the good news coming out of Europe, when we see parent groups engaging and fighting back, if people have the tools, if you go to our website, go to Person and Identity, go through, look at some of the studies, look at some of the information on there, start paying attention, look at some of the Ethics and Public Policy Center has information on, on social media and some of the ways to protect your child from that. Start going through some of that, pay attention to these battles and get involved because we can make a difference. Yeah. We do not have to accept this, but it requires you to understand that you're not the one who's crazy. You yes. haven't lost touch with reality. Your instincts are correct. They may say they're experts in education, but you are the expert in your child. Amen. And you Amen. are the expert in your family. And that's why people really need to just, mm. just have that confidence to speak out. And I, I'm so proud of our bishops because we see bishop after bishop coming out with these fantastic pastoral yes. letters, reminding people of the truth, setting up safeguards in the Catholic schools and religious ed programs. I, I'm so proud of them. They are really standing up for the truth at, at, when, it, when, it, when it counts. And if you're at a Catholic school, I really do am hearing on the boots, on the crown boots that people are struggling in the Catholic schools right now because they've not had policies. Different people have different agendas. If you're a parent with a child in a Catholic school and you're not seeing consistency on this gender issue, you need to fight for your school school and keep your kids safe. I am hearing horror stories where, unfortunately, sometimes the Catholic Church's teaching is not being fully taught, not just in our secular schools, but in our Catholic schools as well. So help bring resources such as those from Person Identity to help educate and inform people so that we can follow sound scientific principles that are in line with our Catholic Church's teaching that there are only two sexes, male and female, and that your sex and your gender aren't different. It's so important. I want to talk about the good news out of California and the fact that Denmark is no longer doing cross-sex surgeries or cross-sex hormone treatment for minors. But before we do, Dr. Farn, one thing I was really thinking about when I was reading the information about California implementing 
this new law in the days to come, making it so that parents could literally lose custody of a child if they don't affirm their identity as anything other than whatever that child wants. Uh, How important sacrament of matrimony is, how important it is that you're marrying someone who's on the same page with you with regard to what the Catholic Church teaches. This is why the Catholic Church teaches that marriage is permanent, why we're called to be faithful, why if you want to get married in the Catholic Church, you are called to commit to raising your children in the faith because you will not face those custody battles if you and your spouse are on the same page and continue to stay faithful to what the church teaches. And that requires humility of diving deep into what the church teaches. So if you're single, if you're discerning someone to marry, if maybe you're not on the same page about anything, or maybe you think it's not that big deal, big of a deal to marry someone who isn't Catholic or doesn't share your ideologies, think twice because this is what we are up against in very serious court battles occurring across the nation and again across border lines in places such as Canada as well. You mentioned the story of the man who was in prison for not affirming his child's identity that the mother was pressing upon the child. Uh, Dr. Farnan, thank you for joining me today. Personidentity.com is your resource. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in California because there's actually good news. There are a good handful of individual school districts who are actually through parent involvement and local efforts are making it so that parents are being notified about children who are struggling with gender ideology. Why is this so important? How does this go against the tide of other laws we're seeing in the state of California? It's actually, I mean, it's huge. I, the, the news that just came out on, um, you know, I read an article on September 11th on um, uh, the California school districts passing parental notification policies. And, and now granted, it's just a step in the right direction because it doesn't say the school is not going to participate in a child's gender transition. But what it is, what is happening is these schools are saying, you know what, we are going to honor and respect the rights of parents to know. And I, I just by way of background, one of the school districts that just passed a parental notification law is the Rockland School District. And if you think back to 2017, which seems like such a long time ago, right before COVID, you know, now now it's like BC and AC before and after COVID. <laughs> but in 20 in 2017, in Rockland, in the Rockland School District, in one of their charter schools, a kindergartner transitioned, came out of the closet during class. The the teacher read a story about this kindergartner, and then the child went and changed his clothes. And kids came home and told their parents about that, and there was an uproar because children were afraid that that could happen to them, that somehow it so destabilized their understanding Mm. of who they were, that there were children literally saying, like, is this going to happen to me? Am I going to turn from a girl to a boy or from a boy into a girl, right? So that was in Rockland, California. And now we're seeing in 2023, thanks to the hard work of parents and people just not giving up, we are seeing their school board taking this step saying, you know what, we are going to 
you know, the, the bare minimum is that we need to notify parents when things like this are going on. If your child is, comes to school and says, I think I'm a boy. I want to change my name. Now they are going to notify the parent. And so this is, this is a win, not just because you have these courageous school districts and Rockland isn't the only one. We see, you know, a, a whole host of school districts in California, um, Orange Unified School District, the Chino School District. Um, and a, a number of others, Chino Valley Unified School District. Th this is a win not only because they are taking this step in the face of and pushing back against an aggressive state government, and it really truly represents parent empowerment, people working at the ground roots to, to, to flip those school boards to make a difference mm -hmm. in their public schools. But we're also seeing that just, you know, you can take a school district that has been complicit in this and you yes. can flip that school okay. district. Please so God, never lose such, hope. Yes, and it's such good news. And there are a number of school districts in California from Temecula and Orange County to near the Sacramento area, Murrieta, where they're fighting back in San Bernardino County. One of the school districts in Chino is has implemented one of these parental notification laws and it's actually being taken to the courts this October. So we're in the battleground. The good news is, is that we do even here in California have legislation who are advocating for parents' rights. Assemblyman Bill Asaley, I was recently at a fundraiser sitting with him at the table, and he's championing the protection of uh, parents' rights and gender ideology, not forcing this on children. He made a comment that I thought was really significant. The courts, he said, have already determined there's no right to privacy between children and their parents. In other words, the school should not be keeping this a secret from parents. You have a right, and it's upheld as precedence within the courts, that parents have a right to know what's happening with their children. So fight for your kids. And we can't forget how important it is. Don't give up. The books in the schools, the coloring books, it, the reality is these kids are being told every single day in schools across the nation, question your gender. You don't know what you are. Come out, make an announcement. But parents need to say, don't worry. You're a boy. You're just like dad. Or you're a girl. You're just like mom. Build that confidence. We'll be right back with Teresa Farnan from Person and Identity. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I think I'm just a little dumber after reading the Doja Cat song, Demons. I read the lyrics because I will not watch the video and I will not listen to the song. Why am I even talking about it? Because it is breaking the internet. People are talking about how they are coming back to Jesus, reading their Bibles, going to church because of how horrific this Doja Cat song is. So I'm going to talk to you about it because I think the internet response is very good. Do not watch it. Do not listen to it. We need to guard our eyes, guard our heart, guard our mind. Uh, but I do think I'm dumber from even having read these awful lyrics because I don't know that I would say that from what I've read of them that they're satanic but uh, the video is frightening from everything I've heard and even just when I pulled up the lyrics online a video automatically pops up because Google loves to offer things you and it was creepy it was creepy but we'll talk about it in just a little bit if maybe you watched the video I hope you didn't and you had a reaction to it love to hear your thoughts 888-914-9149 you're listening to Trending with Timmery here on Relevant Radio I'm joined by Dr. Teresa Farnan she is on the front line with regard to what's happening surrounding gender 
theory, gender ideology in our nation and approaching it from a Catholic and sound scientific approach. She is really here to help us understand what's happening. And one of the key things that we've been discussing here on Trending for the last couple of years is that slowly we've seen countries outside of the United States rapidly shutting down their gender clinics across sex hormones, not just for children, but for adults as well. We're, we've actually received news that Denmark is the next country to restrict everything from puberty blockers to cross-sex hormones and so-called sex change surgeries. Can't change your sex. You can go through with plastic reconstructive surgery, but you can't change your sex. And so here Denmark is with the latest news to talk about this. Now with me on Trending is Dr. Teresa Farnan. Talk to me about Denmark's decision to shut down transitions for minors. You know, it's, it's, it's becoming harder and harder for the American Academy of Pediatricians and the APA to justify their stance when you see some of these European countries sharply restricting care. So let me give you a little bit of background. Um, and this is, you know, I give credit to the uh, Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine. Its acronym is SEGM. You can go to their websites. They are, you know, a nonpartisan secular group of doctors who are just diligently working to get good science, right? And so their reviews of studies have been just amazing and breathtaking, and they're keeping people in this country abreast of the um, uh, of what's going on in the European countries. But so so just by way of a little bit of um, of information, Denmark has been a very very transgender friendly country. In 2014, they were the first European country to pass a self ID law for yeah. adults where they did not even need a diagnosis of gender dysphoria to register for a legal sex change. In 2017, they became the first country in the world to remove gender identity disorder from the list of mental illnesses. And in its place, they substituted a process where um, practitioners could just write a diagnostic code of, I think it was Z, a Z code contact wow. due to gender identity, right? Mm -hmm. So trying to destigmatize this right um, and so they've had this very very non-judgmental approach to the whole issue well what happened was there was a, a very influential Dutch protocol study that studied a small group of young people who had been identifying who had had gender dysphoria or confusion about their sexual identity from an early age they were thought to have no underlying comorbid mental health issues and so these Dutch practitioners said hey we're gonna give them some puberty blockers and then follow up with cross-sex hormones and lo and behold look how happy they are with their lives and so when researchers around the world all saw the Dutch protocol they jumped on board the bandwagon because they said, look, these Dutch researchers know what they're doing. Well, two problems. No one has ever been able to replicate the Dutch studies. They're, they have, and this is, this is kind of a, there's a big replication process, problem in science anyway. But, but we're just not seeing the same results around the world. And the population of kids who are coming to these clinics are rap markedly different, right? Radically different. Because rather than it being a very, very tiny group of young boys, 
who are coming, who are dis, you know, experiencing this discordance about who they are. Now we're seeing a surge of adolescent girls. So Denmark jumped on board the bandwagon in 2018 and rapidly they were, they were within 65% of the kids who came to their clinics were on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones within a year right? 65%. They went all in. Jeez. We're seeing numbers like that around the country. Mm -hmm. We're seeing numbers like that, for yeah. example, in some of the gender clinics here in the United States, where, you know, within a year yes. of a child presenting to a gender clinic, 65, 70% of these kids are on puberty blockers and then cross-sex hormones. So they are Can going we just right repeat? to medicine. Let's just repeat that really quick because I think that's important. We're seeing this in California. Chloe Cole and others share their story within a year of first approaching. Often even it's just a therapist saying, hey, maybe parents bring the child in. I think my child is struggling with gender dysphoria. My daughter is saying she's a boy. Immediately, no questions asked. It's puberty blockers. The steps happen rapidly. We're hearing a lot of young girls in the state of California, for example, who are already going through with double mastectomies by the age of 13, among other surgeries. So this is happening very quickly. And I think, Dr. Farnan, that's part of their goal to do it quickly today because they know that legally this will not hold up in the months and years to come in the United States. We're the only country who is going so far over the line, especially with minors on cross-sex surgeries and hormones. Yeah, and you know, there's this attitude in you know some of these some of these physicians who are practicing in this field they almost have like a, a frankenstein type quality they enjoy kind of yes. doing radical innovative things with the human body they like pushing boundaries they'll say that they they're very upfront about it and and that that 65 percent number is coming out of gender clinics a teenage girl can go to planned parenthood and they can get onto testosterone within within a month yep Yep. During COVID, people were doing Zoom consultations and the testosterone was being mailed to them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so the, 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 the speed and the intensity of ushering these kids on this medical pathway and, and don't, you know, just to, just to keep it in perspective too. Once a child goes on to these medications, their sense of confusion about who they are is going to worsen because a girl who is growing facial hair and whose voice is deepening, but who still has her period and still has her breasts is really going to feel discordant. And that's why so many of these young girls rush out to get to get mastectomies because they're on testosterone. They're trying to look mm -hmm. like boys, but they still have breasts, yep. right? Yep. And so they're at war with their bodies. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, Oregon was the first state in the nation to start doing cross-sex hormones at their Planned Parenthoods. Or sorry, the Planned Parenthood organs were, <laughs> I'm saying that backward, Planned Parenthoods in Oregon. And they were doing it for minors. And this was uh, before we were seeing this as normal for being prescribed prescribed to minors. Now we have California, Michigan, and Vermont, which each state last year had a proposition or ballot measure about abortion, legalizing abortion through all nine months of a woman's pregnancy. But in the writing of that, with regard to reproductive language, basically implemented it so that an, a person of any age, even my two-year-old, which they believe that children can go through the wrong puberty, and so they don't want my child or your child to go through the wrong puberty, so they will start puberty blockers 
this young and can, even without your permission, in states such as California, Michigan, and Vermont, under those proposition ballot measures that passed with our votes, people voting in the individual states. And so this goes against what the science is saying. That's what I love about what you're sharing at Person Identity, Dr. Farnan, is that you're pointing to all these other countries, such as Denmark, Sweden, others that were on the cutting edge of transitioning people back in the day. And now they're saying, no, we're not transitioning children. It's gone too far. We're instead taking an approach of sound therapy and waiting it out. Talk to me about this approach in the other countries right now. Yeah, and and just to just to sort of draw that contrast. So in 2018, Denmark was transitioning 65% of kids who would come into their, you know, within a year who would come into their clinics. In 2022, now they quietly changed their practice, and the reason why they changed it was because they weren't able to replicate the Dutch studies. They said this is a different population. This is worsening with these children. We're concerned about the long-term effects of cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. All of the concerns people have been raising here. So by 2022, that number of young people who have been started on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones in Denmark shrank to 6%. So from 65%, 6%. Mm. And that was the basis for the article that was just published in one of their medical, the Journal of the Danish Medical Association, that said, yep, you're right. Those of you who think that we have changed our approach, we have changed our approach. And here is why. And the reason why is because they said, they said, the, the, there is, we're, we're seeing based on our knowledge and experience that we needed to adjust the current treatment options. And so what they're doing is prioritizing psychosocial interventions. In other words, helping a young person to become comfortable in his body. And Denmark also has very, very liberal laws with respect to, um, you know, a, a young person being in charge of his or, his or her own medical care. But so, so at the age of 16, for example, in Denmark, you can make decisions to undergo these life-altering procedures. But what they're saying now in their guidelines is they're saying, yes, a child has the right to take the lead in his healthcare. He's considered an adult medically for medical purposes in Denmark, but they urged practitioners to get the child's parents involved and to bring the parents into the treatment. And they also said, even there with a 16-year-old who is deemed legally capable of consent, Mm -hmm. we're still going to prioritize psychiatric treatment for the underlying comorbid issues or for whatever is causing this child to suffer so much and to have such an an, uh, you know, a mismatched perception of who he or she is. And to underline what you just said, underlying comorbid conditions, what we're seeing in the research internationally is that children and adults, but we're talking about children today, who are suddenly identifying as transgender and they're going through with these surgeries, it actually, if you dig deeper, the therapy is showing that there were actually other things going on, such as anxiety, depression, other major underlying health concerns that were present prior to any sexual disorientation or delusion with regard to identity. And that's significant because shouldn't we start with that first symptom that was problematic, treat it, 
before we address anything else, but person after person, you could talk about Abel Garcia, Chloe Cole, Ollie London, who have shared their stories here on Trending. We'll link to their testimonies. They've all shared that they had other crises going on. Ollie London had a really bad relationship with his father. We have Abel Garcia, who had a very dangerous sexual encounter. We have uh, Chloe Cole, who also had an uncomfortable sexual encounter. She was developing her body early when other kids hadn't yet. These are stories about anxiety, depression, autism, among other things that were underlying conditions prior to any gender dysphoric experience occurring. So what you said, Dr. Farnett, is so significant because the mental health crisis for children today is off the charts. We received reports just a couple weeks ago of nurses and doctors from the ERs asking for help because parents are bringing their children for mental health crises and behavioral issues to the emergency rooms because they don't know what to do with their children. And it's for instances sometimes such as these with regard to gender crises. How would you recommend if a parent has their child come to them in an instance such as this, where would be the baseline response to start helping your child rather than jumping to secular resources that have a pro-transgender skew today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the difficulty that parents have is, you know, at times your child does need to have a counselor, and so you're really gonna have to work hard to find a counselor who is not going to be gender affirming, but who's going to be based on reality. But you can go to places like the Catholic Psychotherapy Association and look for a counselor who's beginning from a Catholic worldview. I, I just wanna caution parents, I think it's important just to have those conversations up front ahead of time and say, you know, what is your understanding of the who the human person is? Tell me, and you don't have to say, what do you think of gender ideology? You can say, tell me, what do you think of the human person? What do you think about children who are distressed by stereotypes. You know, there are questions that you can ask. Get referrals from people who you trust. There, there are a lot of different different approaches you can take, but but I will also say this, and I think sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in expert culture, we really need to just focus in on our families because mm. the at the heart of all of this is an effort a cultural effort to deconstruct the family and and you know you, we talk a lot about marxism but there's a we have a big issue with 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 people who are capitalists without a conscience, right? Like John Paul II always had a critique, not only of Marxism, but capitalism. And he made the point that, you know, any economic system that's not rooted in an understanding of the dignity of the person is going to go astray. And so you look at someone like Planned Parenthood, and that's a capitalistic mm -hmm. model, and their market is your children. They are coming after your children because they've already monetized the adults with getting everybody onto contraception and pushing abortion and they need to continually grow. They need these continuous markets. So if they get a child onto a girl onto testosterone, she's on it for life because she will never be able to make enough testosterone to look like a boy. Her body simply can't do it. And so they've just created a customer for the rest mm -hmm. of their lives. Mm -hmm. So there's this huge profit motive and it makes it all the more important that as parents, we pay attention to our kids. You've gotta be talking to them, show up at their events, you know, just like be available to them, know who their friends are, talk to them about gender ideology, explain why it's a problem, you know, look at what's going on in their schools. I, public schools are just, you know, and, and, and I, my, my, I give kudos to the school boards that are fighting back. 
But because of the curriculum, because you've got activist teachers, because most school boards are afraid to do anything, these are schools where your children are being indoctrinated into this ideology and you need to be having frank conversations with them. So... Thank you, Dr. Farnan, because we need these resources. We need this guide for how to approach this and to address it before it becomes an issue. And it starts with having strong families, being present and available. Technology is a distraction. Children so often walk away after trying to approach a parent today because we're distracted. So stay aware, stay present. Personidentity.com is a resource for Dr. Teresa Farnan's work, personandidentity.com. We posted a link on social media as long as along with other links to episodes of testimonies of people who have detransitioned. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. American singer, rapper, Doja Cat came out with a new song called Demons. Do not watch the music video. Do not listen. I refuse to do either. I am taken aback by the online response. It has broken the internet. I mean, so many people are responding to this, making TikTok videos all over Instagram, social media, about how they are coming back to God because of this video. Listen to this. This Jayla on TikTok said, do not watch it. Do not watch that Doja Cat video. There is a reason the video was so graphic because their team, her team knows what they are doing. Especially my Christian folk. I see a lot of people making funny videos saying they rebuked her after they watched the video. Don't even indulge in it. You have to protect your ear, mouth, and eye gates at all times. The reason for having so many uh, graphic videos and pictures and different entities is so they can latch onto you as you watch and you take it in. Trust me, Doja Cat and her team, they know what they are doing. They've been doing this for years now in Hollywood. I advise anybody, if you follow sites that are constantly posting these graphics, these pictures, these videos, to block them for the moment or block them all the way. As always, Jesus is the truth and all of these demons will be exposed. Jayla has it right on TikTok. She, along with many others, are saying, do not watch or listen to the new Doja Cat song. I think I'm a little dumber after having read the lyrics because I will not listen to it. The lyrics aren't, I mean, they're terrible. It's an awful rap song. It's just awful in general. I think I'm a little dumber for even having read the song. But the music video is apparently frightening. People are concerned that Doja Cat is outright possessed. And Jayla on TikTok says they know what they're doing. They are spreading demonic content out into the world. And what's interesting is that this is bringing people back to Christ. I'm reading TikTok video after TikTok video online. My sister-in-law said, you have to see the response to this. Thousands upon thousands of comments. And they're they're making me joyful, but also laughing. This Mari said, Pastor, don't have to mention hell anymore. Just say Doja Cat and you'll know what you're talking about. Another person said, I've only watched the reactions and that's enough for me. Someone else said, look, I ain't religious, but my mom always told me not to mess with that stuff because even if you don't believe in it, it will mess with you. So people who aren't even holding to any 
Christian worldview recognize that's wrong, it can impact you, can cling on to you, that the demonic influence is real. We know as Catholics that we are in a battle against principalities and and powers. Two-thirds of the angelic forces fell. They betrayed God. And we read in 1 Peter that demons, the devil, is prowling about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. And people such as Doja Cat need to be canceled for bad content such as this, for demonic content. Pray for her. Pray for Doja Cat. But don't listen to her content. We need to be aware of what we allow into our homes, what we look at, what we watch. When I heard about the song, I wanted to talk about it, but I knew I had that perspective. Don't look at the videos. Don't listen to it. Why? Because it really does matter. We can't just entertain evil and say we come out unscathed, even in a cautious way of wanting to talk about a warning with regard to this song, I wasn't going to expose myself in an unhealthy way to what could be very demonic content for people to look at. And if you aren't startled by it, you should be, because countless people online have commented, even people who aren't holding to any religious viewpoint, especially a Christian worldview, are saying this is wrong. One girl, CC on TikTok said, it's true, I recently stopped watching scary movies too, not just this video. She said, it's wild because I used to really love scary movies, but something has shifted in me. So she's saying this song has completely shifted her perspective in terms of the content that she's watching. She's not even watching scary movies anymore, which by the way, we're coming up on Halloween and she is correct. Scary movies, there's a difference between sensational and demonic and evil. Be aware as we head into that scary season, who doesn't like to be startled a little bit? I think my best version of a scary movie is Signs. That goes far enough for me. I don't do scary movies. Another person commented on the Doja Cat Demon song, said, yeah, I watched a trailer of it and had two nightmares back to back. Woman after woman is sharing that she had a nightmare. She couldn't sleep after this. One person, bruh, on TikTok said, Amen, my mind was telling me the whole time to watch it, but I didn't want to. He then said, I saw the demon picture and was so scared. Another person, the wise disaster, said, I immediately deleted it and read the Bible after watching the the movie, the music video. She said, scary. I'm reading this because people are commenting that it's even based off of a horror movie, so it's expected to be scary. But there's a difference between scary and demonic. There's a difference between engaging in behavior that is wholesome and good for our souls versus things that leave us vulnerable to the demonic. Now, some people might say, well, what do I do? I'm a little startled. This is why it's so important that we're living in a state of grace, that we are frequently receiving Holy Communion, and that we are taking our sins to be forgiven by Jesus Christ himself when that priest in the confessional acts in persona Christi. It is Jesus Christ forgiving our sins. And a lot of people have a lot of hesitation about going to confession. There's embarrassment. It is. It's humbling. It's humiliating. But that's good for us. And if you want to be protected against the reality of the demonic influence that is in the world, that is in Hollywood, that is in this frightening Doja Cat song called Demons. Go to church, pray, pray your rosary, 
Remember that the Our Father is one of the best and most protective prayers we can pray. People are literally posting online after having watched the Doja Cat that they started rebuking Doja Cat in the song in the name of Jesus, asking for protection because it was that frightening. Don't put yourself in a place to be exposed to this type of content. Instead, stay in a state of grace, go to confession, receive our Lord Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, worthily in the Eucharist. Up next is Family Rosary Across America. If you're scared by this song, pray the rosary with us, but you should join us every night in the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky up next. 